0: Let's mute, 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 mute. Cause I don't want to. Eat. Oh no, wait! I didn't. I don't have any text messages coming through anymore. Fix that. Oh, just mute it anyway, though, dude. Mute just it anyway. Be safe. Why not? I got my text messages not coming through there anymore.
1: You would say that, and then you'd have multiple. No, my over- no, my text
0: messages come through. I just don't get the alerts on your. Oh, okay. On my, cause they would go
1: ding, ding,
0: and then the last one I did, the last podcast that I was on. The phone calls came through and on my phone it just vibrates. It's like, but on the computer it's full blast. Oh, I heard it. Oh, you heard it, yeah. It
1: throws you off. (laughs) Messes me up. (laughs) Anyway. It did throw you off, dude. I didn't realize that was your kryptonite in public speaking.
0: Is that public speaking when you're on a podcast? Why would it not be? Hmm. You're speaking in front of an audience. I mean, it's an audience of two at that point in
1: time. Well, you don't know. People listening. I didn't, but, but yeah. You, you said it a lot. Like, I've seen you go through some awkward meetings and fumble through it fine, and that was one where I was like, oh, ouch, that's getting awkward.
0: Well, I think what threw me off is it was two phone calls in a row, and I was like, is there... Is something on fire? Like, does something need to be fixed right now? I mean, who... So your brain was just going in that direction. Yeah, like, oh, and crap. then and then I couldn't remember the question, so I was like, oh, sorry for the interruption. That was
1: rude. And then I, I didn't remember the question, so I feel like I was like, that was really rude. So you know what's funny? You sounded like a professional because you had the best sound quality of the group, and you just didn't do like a professional, because you had your phone ringing the whole time.
0: Well, you know, I tried to be on my regular computer, for some reason, that needed to update, frickin' max, update all the time, well, I don't know. you
1: sounded good. Sounded awkward, but you sounded good.
0: Alright, well, welcome to the Two two Opinionated Guys podcast. I am Marshall, and this is Aaron, my co-host. <laughs>
1: And today, we're going to be talking about what, Aaron? Well, in these crazy COVID times, seems like the narrative of our entire podcast, or that's the vein that runs through it. But once again, we're circling back to um, a stimulus check, um, which is obviously a byproduct of the COVID economy. Um, And so the question is, do we think a second stimulus check is a good idea, and or do we think it's going to happen? So I'll turn that one over to you, Marshall.
0: Second, so whether w- it was the stimulus check a good idea? Because one already went out, and then we're deba- and then they're debating on whether another one should be coming. Yeah. And you're saying, let's start with was the first one a good idea? And you're mm-hmm. asking me that? Or am I asking yeah. It? Okay, I'd like to know.
1: I, I guess I never did. You know. want to know if I, I? It's a bad idea. There, yeah, you got oh, okay. the answer. Is it a bad idea because you didn't get one, or <laughs> is that sorry? Is that public information? Did you get one? Uh, no, not really. What do you mean not really? You either got one or you didn't get one. You didn't not really get one. Did you get half a check? No, I think I got like, I don't know, the smallest amount I think is what I got. You still got one, so that's getting one. Well, then we need to talk about my income, sir. (laughs)
0: Well,
1: I think, yeah, I think
0: it was a bad idea. I think there's a couple different things that happened that I don't agree with. They added to the unemployment, right? Added money. Added money. So there was a stimulus in the unemployment Plus there was Trump Bucks, which is an additional. I think it averaged like what twelve hundred bucks to the average American. You talking about the stimulus? The stimulus. Okay. So that that was your question, right? The stimulus. But yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna dissect it into more than that. So you had a bunch of people, the the economy kind of I don't know if collapse is the right word, but got on lockdown, right? And so a lot of people went out of work, and so there were a couple things that happened. PPP money came out, which the, is the pay plan protection program. And so that is a loan? That's a loan to companies to keep people on if you don't fire them so they don't go on unemployment. It's just basically instead of unemployment paying you, the employers can still pay you and you get a loan from the government, but it's forgiven if you retain a certain amount of employees. Okay. So as an employer, if you agree to their terms, you get the loan. Well, you had to So you had to apply for it, right? There was that something trillion dollar uh stimulus that went out to the economy and as an employer you had to apply for it and you had to do it relatively quickly and it was based off of how much you pay in um in what do you call that in uh payroll right Mm -hmm. how much your payroll is and then you would get that loan and I, I say loan a lot of people say it's just money. Um I think it just depends on how you handle it as a company. You get it, you pay your You continue to pay your employees so they don't go on unemployment and then hopefully that loan is forgiven. But there's a lot of ambiguity in that. I mean they had to write those rules in rapid speed. And so there's a lot of, well, what if it's not forgiven? What if you used it for other things? I mean there's people that were like, well, I need the money but I also can't afford to have my people and I need to pay my electric bill and my rent. And you could use it for some of those things but you couldn't use it for all those things. Now there will become judgment day where you have to prove all that. And then you either owe it or you don't owe it. I think that the upside to it is even if you do owe it, it's on a 1% interest. Mm-hmm. So, Over I mean, what it, term? I think two years.
1: Oh. It's
0: a relatively okay. short term. So what is your very guess low of rate. the
1: average business's loan in terms of dollar amount? If you, I mean, you're guessing. Obviously. Small business or large yeah. business? Small, Small business. business, probably fifty to $70,000. Okay. So 1%, two years, if you don't get it forgiven if you don't
0: get it forgiven. And I think there will be a uh, partial portion forgiven for almost everybody as long as they can provide some sort of documentation that they used it for the appropriate things as far as payroll goes, I think rent and some sort of utilities. So I think that was a pretty good thing. Um, And then you have the second part of that was the unemployment. And certain states uh, offered to contribute to this or participate in this program and some didn't, which was the extra $600 a month. So if you got on unemployment in the state of Oregon, you got an extra six hundred dollars a month. You know how much? I'm sorry, that's absolutely incorrect. Six hundred dollars a week. Mm-hmm. You know how much that is a month? Twenty four hundred bucks. Well, four times yeah, six is twenty four. It's not super hard math. Twenty four hundred dollars. Do you know what minimum wages in Oregon? Eleven
1: twenty
0: five. That's like twelve dollars an hour, depending on where you live. Right, but most of it's about twelve dollars an hour. If you're in Portland, I think it's twelve fifty, and if you're in Salem, it's twelve. And if you're in like a rural so part, it's like eleven seventy-five. But let's just take twelve dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Twelve dollars an hour times an average of one hundred and sixty-six hours in a month—that's nineteen hundred and ninety-two dollars. Is that I'm correct?
1: Gonna, I'm going to speak for the audience and say they didn't come here to do math. So
0: okay, but let's just okay. Let's just say in an average month, a minimum wage employee makes two thousand dollars. a month. So you're saying they double their income. They did, yeah, by being on unemployment. They got another
1: $2,400 for sitting at home. Okay, so, let's take that and put it put it on a shelf for a second. And let's get to the third part of it, which was the actual stimulus check. So just to be clear, PPE loans, PPE loans, right? PPP. PPP loans. Three Ps. A lot of numbers going on today. Uh, $1,200 stimulus check and unemployment stimulus. Unemployment and stimulus. you think... All across the board were bad ideas.
0: No, I wouldn't say all across the board. I would say you have to pick a, a certain amount of programs. I mean if, if you're – I understand you want me to get a stimulus check, but I can't get there quite yet. So your PPP money, as an employer, I go, okay, I got some money. I have to keep you on if I want to get that forgiven. But you as a minimum wage employee go, please fire me so that I can get on unemployment so I can make double the income I was getting before.
1: So you feel like it was conflicting incentives? Yeah. Yeah. But Yeah, and and, and Is so, it not. I mean, am I not a normal human being? Well, the way hey, that the I'm federal terrible? government rolled it out. And would they make a mistake? <laughs> so, so okay, that's fair. So, so really, you are putting on your business owner hat when you are saying when you are striking this down. Mm-hmm. But if you are, but but most people are not business owners, right? Sure, and you have to have compassion for the people that
0: if I was in that situation and I was let go. I would go. Oh, thank God! There's this extra
1: $600. So, if you're speaking for the other 98% of the populace that is not a business owner, do you have the same answer that the stimulus package as a whole was a bad idea? You're saying if I was let go, of course I'm gonna have a different answer.
0: But let's let's go to the $600 a month. Yes, I'm thankful for it. Um, and when you answer those questions, you have to you have to answer them. I can answer them with my work ethic, but then you also have to answer them for the general population's work ethic, right? Which mm-hmm. I think those might vary a little bit. Sure. Maybe that's a little egotistical like, of me, but I think it's a it's a reality. So then you go into the stimulus and I think that was an average of $1200, right? That they just got. So you have people This is where I don't like it. You have people who are retired and on fixed income, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They get a fixed income every month. Their bills are already set. This pandemic did not affect them. Mm -hmm. And they go, Whoa, I just got 1200 bucks. What do you think they're going to do with it? Spend it in the economy, which I think is a good thing because it did boost the economy. I think, uh, June and July were pretty good months for our economy. Actually, Mm -hmm. we had some record numbers in the, um, retail world. So, you know, that was a, I think it did what it was supposed to do. It's called a stimulus. So it did what it was supposed to do. But in general, we incentivized people to stay at home, not get a job, and so you have a lot of people who go, you go, oh, can you work because I need you to work so I can pay you because I have this loan and I can pay you. And they go, well, I can make more money at home. So are you going to pay me more? And you go, well, if I pay you more, then I'm going to run out of this loan money quicker.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: all of a sudden, business owners are in a little bit of a predicament.
1: Well, it's, it's kind of one of the arguments against, you know, and, and being a person who's interested in economics, I've oftentimes heard in public finance, which is basically just the study of how government subsidizes the economy, um, that, you know, food stamps has always been a point of contention for the same reason. Food stamps is probably a really politically incorrect way of putting it these days, but food stamps is a really um, controversial one because you want people to have food who need it, but also for every dollar that you give people to get food, it's like one less dollar that they feel like they have to go out and earn, so there has to be a balance, right? Because if you're overly generous with people with those subsidies, then it's just an incentive not to work. Now, when I was in college and listening that, I went, yeah, but who in their right mind is going to be like, okay, I've got, you know, X amount of dollars of food stamps, so that uh, I'm going to calculate it out, that means I have to work this many fewer hours. But in reality, a lot of people do that. This is turning out to be exactly that because I can't tell you how many people I reached out to specifically to hire back and they basically were like, uh, are you crazy? Like why would I want to come back to that?" And and right. I've even took it further and people who reluctantly took their job back and have mentioned to me that they're like, "I wish I would have just stayed on unemployment another month." Yeah.
0: It's it was vacation for them. Mhm. And they got paid for it, and then they come back and they want to take vacation again, which is just asinine to me. But I, I guess it's the the reality of the world we live in. My question to you is what would you do in that situation? Would you rather stay on unemployment or would you be doing
1: everything you could to try to get a job back? If I was a person in the economy who lost my job? Yeah. Oh, I – well, I look at things and I feel like you just mentioned you're probably an elitist with you thinking you have a better work act ethic than everyone. Make that note everyone. He thinks he's better than everyone.
0: I don't think I'm better than everyone. I'm better than most people.
1: Right. Well, there you go. Uh, but similarly, I think that the way that I looked at it immediately was that, well, I can look at um, a short-term stream of incomes, which is 600 extra bucks a month, which is not an insignificant amount, I'll admit. to a younger person who's in their early 20s and they've never made more than minimum wage, that's a lot of money to walk away from, even if you can rationalize it's short-term income. But if you look at, well, two things. One is a job is potentially indefinite income. So, I mean, that's a stream of income for a long, long, long period of time, which will always add up to be more than the $600 a month for six months or $600 a week for six months. The other thing is, is, and this is something that I was surprised more people didn't, run into when considering whether to take their job back or not is i mean you saw the numbers of unemployment immediately because think sweet kate brown for shutting the economy down and literally overnight you know i don't know hundreds of thousands of people lost their job in oregon and millions across the economy um and i immediately thought as soon as that benefit runs out who's going to be back trying to get their same job back you're going to be competing with you know 12, 15, 30 million people to get your job. Now, that might be exaggerated, but the pool... I mean, there's only 4 million people in Oregon, so you're going to be competing with... A lot of them. Okay. And and even if you were to go across state lines, you're competing with whatever they've got left over, right? And so, yeah, I think that even if I were in that position, I would have just been looking... Plus, I mean, I, I think a person who has a good work ethic, and I think I have a good work ethic, I immediately go, this would reflect really well on me to be the guy who comes in and works for cheap when things are down and out, right? Because Mm -hmm. I think we saw that in our company a little bit. The people who stuck around or the people who are willing to come back and they didn't ask too many questions. They're just like happy to have a job. That kind of was a statement about them, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It totally was a statement about them because it, it tells me you, yeah, it definitely put a a higher notch when I go, okay, they're willing to get down and, and dirty and take sacrifices. Just like I'm willing to take a sacrifice. But the
1: people that are like, eh, I'd rather be on unemployment. It's like, you're dead to me. Mm hmm. Well, I feel like we've to some degree doomed the subject matter of this podcast because we've already stated so overtly that we were against it, but I think so a second round obviously we're not super in favor of. I mean, it seems as though we're not. But well, we... well I don't I guess
0: I'm not I'm not opposed to the stimulus. I'm definitely not opposed to the stimulus. I'm opposed to how the stimulus was done mm-hmm. and I'm more opposed to the uh extra added income for the unemployment. So Mm -hmm. the extra $600 a week, which ended at the end of July, I think for a lot of people. And that's why harsh realities are setting in. You're seeing a little bit of fallout in August, probably uh, for retail sales. And when the numbers come out, I bet you'll see it. It wasn't quite as much of a boost as it was in June and July. But that's my biggest opposition. The the stimulus check, I think is a good idea. I mean, the the Trump bucks, the 1200 bucks or whatever it is, that's like... That's money to go. Oh, I want to go spend it, and that is meant to stimulate the economy. So I, I don't know that I'm, overarchingly against that when thinking through it. I'm against the,
1: I'm against the unemployment. And so them. aren't you a little concerned though that it seemed as though the White House in particular? I remember reading an article, you know, midway through Corona Apocalypse and. And we were really having trouble hiring people back, and I was going, man, they really messed that up because they're making this virtually impossible to hire people back again because a lot of people are not only making more than they've ever made before on minimum you know, wage income, but they're with the stimulus, but they've also got 1200 bucks sitting in their account that they can get them through another month or two, right? And so mm-hmm. I go, man, they really messed up. And no sooner did I think that, than the White House came out and said, yeah, we're going to start cutting off benefits if you decline your job. So if your employer tells the government that, hey... This person, we offered them a job back and they declined it, they you know, that's their incentive. It will end right then and there. And I thought, okay, they're getting savvy to this. And now they're talking about the second round of stimulus checks and I think on both sides of the aisle, pretty much the same stuff is on the line again. They're talking about another six hundred dollars per week in unemployment, and they're talking about the identical stimulus checks. Which check doesn't
0: make a, any sense because you know,
1: we're a state of twelve
0: dollars an hour. You know what the minimum wage is, is in Texas? Probably low. Well, it's good good Quantitative figure. <laughs> I think it's like seven fifty. I think uh, in some other states it's a little bit lower than that. Whatever the federal minimum wage is, which I think is somewhere in the. So it'd be like five. triple their income. Right. Yeah. I mean, how on earth are those people ever going to get back to work? And then, I, would you say you're a uh, you 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 follow the rules, or, or do you um, find ways to cheat the system? Me as a person, yeah, as That's a rule follower, you're a follower. Yeah, I
1: kind of generally am too. Do you have a warranty on your house? No. You don't have a warranty on your house? I don't think so. Huh. Somebody asked me the other day, and I was like, I should know that, because I think I got offered, and I just don't remember what I said. <laughs> I have a warranty on my house, and I i think
0: I told you this the other day. The warranty on my house was in it a year. year and one day later, the AC mm-hmm. broke. Mm-hmm. It's like five grand, right? Um, call the company, and they're like, no, yeah, you are it's done one day, and you're like, oh my gosh. I have people that I know that are somehow... Always able to work the system. They get things paid for through their warranty companies. I've never had a homeowner's warranty payout for me in all mm-hmm. the houses. that I've Never once. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never had a, a car warranty payout for me. I've never had a, a furniture warranty payout for me. I just never get that. That's not in the cards for me. It's usually like I have it and then it lapsed and then when it does break, it's like, no, that doesn't mm-hmm. exist anymore. That's probably why I didn't get mine. <laughs> But then you have these people who are really good at working the system, and there's a few people that I talked to that were like, oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm unemployed right now. I mean I'm working, but I'm unemployed Mm -hmm. because they're taking the benefits, and their job, their employer is reaping the benefits from that because they don't have to pay them. The state is now paying them, so they're getting a free worker Mm because the state's paying for it and paying them – like if you take a person who makes $5,000 a month – here goes the math again. I apologize for this. But uh, unemployment pays 40% of your wages, right? Mm -hmm. So $5,000 a month, 40% of that is $2,000. Here we go, math people. Mm -hmm. Okay, $2,000 plus the $600 a week, which is $2,400. So I've got $4,400. I was making five. Now I'm only taking a $600 decrease to be unemployed now, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: which means I get way more time. Would you take a $600 decrease if it meant you didn't have to go to work every day? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So
1: you have all these people now, like working this well, system. I, so I think that it. I think that it made me realize how much economics really does apply to this, and how much of those theories are really sound. And I think one of them is, you know, it, it's basically just a lot of people are self-interested, and one of the things that capitalism has done a good job on. I'm going to get my key or my car keyed right now, just for saying capitalism is a good thing. But wow, one of the things that's a crazy world we live in, where capitalism is a right? uh, state of offensive word, state of affairs, right. But one, one thing capitalism did a good job at is it found out a way to harness, you know, whether you call it self-interest or you call it greed, it found a good way to harness that natural human behavior and harness that into positive things. Because people, in order to make more money, they have to create something that people want to buy. And I think that, unfortunately, this is just a situation where you get to see people's typical self-interested behavior. It's just getting played out in a different way. And I think it's affecting the economy in a negative way. And going back to you know us having a really good June and July, and a lot of retail stores really have a good June and July. Yeah, Julys. I'm talking about the economy as a whole. Yeah, I mean, everybody seemed to. It was like we thought we were having a good month, and we found out everyone was having a good month, and it was kind of deflating. But um, one, one thing about that that I find a little perplexing and scary, if I'm honest with you, is that you know back in 2008, I think, when we, they were bailing out the economy, one of the things that um, government was doing to bail out the economy was they were ex- exercising monetary policy and monetary policy. I know you had the math and I have the economics. We're just going to bore mm-hmm. this audience to death. Yeah, it's good. Monetary policy is one way that government can monetary policy. Yes, can get involved in order to stimulate the economy. And one of the things that they did is they just lower interest rates. And so if you remember back in the car business, you know, back I don't know seven, eight, nine years ago, it was like one point nine nine interest rate was like a pretty common thing. And now you don't hear that anymore. And one of the reasons that is is because the government, the federal government, squashed interest rates down. And what happens is it basically just opens up the spigot and money floods into the economy. And then there's just a lot of dollars in the economy that really shouldn't be there because they're not there naturally. And it creates inflation. Prices go up and your spending power goes down and everybody feels more poor. That's Mm. what it does. And so what my concern is, is we're all feeling rich right now, right? I mean, we're not feeling rich, but like in general, people aren't feeling more poor because the economy was just flooded with a bunch of money. And mm-hmm. it, and there was no additional value created. There was no additional cr- um, products being made or, you know, nothing. There was, no, um, there was no extra production. It was just extra money. And so, great. What's that going to do? It's going to ramp things up. And then what's going to happen when all of that collapses? Because it's a bubble. It's a money bubble. And I'm, that's my concern right now is that they've created a money bubble and they're going to basically... Um, Alan Greenspan, who was the chief or the federal... Um, What do you call it? Reserve. Federal Reserve, yeah. He basically, his notorious legacy, a lot of people think, was he created one bubble during his career. And then he created another bubble right as that one was deflating, so no one knew. And then he created another bubble. It was like the stock market and the housing bubble. Sounds like he was really good at his job. Uh, Right? That's what I thought. I thought, what a great guy. And then he got out and the whole thing collapsed. But it kind of feels like that's what they're doing now is they're just kind of inflating bubbles. Could you imagine that being your job? Where you're oh, scary, in,
0: dude! You're in charge of the money to make sure that our economy is just riding the
1: rails and making sure it's doing okay. You know, there's jobs that prior I'd be like, if I had an opportunity, I would sure give it a try. Now I go, no, the president of the United States sounds like an awful job. Now I would do that one. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'd be like, no, thanks. I would love lose to do that lose one. game. <laughs> and the chair of the Federal Reserve would be an awful one too. Yeah, I, why would you even want to get into that? I mean, aren't you blamed for everything? And
0: I feel like there's a lot of jobs. Even if you really qualified for it, you're like, I could still screw this up. And not just – it's not just like you're screwing a, a company. You're screwing multiple millions of companies in
1: an economy. Oh, and you'll go in the history books. That's like thats like, you've ever gotten up in front of a, a public speaking thing and kind of bombed and you're like, oh, that's embarrassing – Imagine doing that to the point where you're in the history books for how bad you did. Like that would be my concern. Well, at least you're in the history books, I guess. I guess. I mean, you're not in any books right now. Yet, I'm still <laughs> young. I'm not dead yet.
0: Yeah. Well, I um, I think one of the other things that is weirdly playing into this, and I don't know what you think um, about this right now, but you know, we have this COVID thing going on, and there's the they're not making enough coins. Have you heard about that, the coin shortage? No, I mean I've heard of the coin the coin shortage, but I wasn't
1: really sure what the because
0: I, I guess a bunch about. of people that were making it got COVID and they had to shut it down, so there was oh. this coin shortage like that the mint. Yeah, the mint. Yeah. Okay. so they couldn't actually produce them. So then they, pr- they they couldn't send them to different banks, and so now you've got all these businesses that are saying, "Hey, coin shortage." Yeah, we're uh, we're only accepting um, credit cards because you know there's a coin shortage. You have a couple different things going on. You have some businesses saying, "Hey, due to COVID 19, we don't want to touch your cash, so uh, you know you can you can only pay via credit card." But other businesses are saying, "Well, due to the coin shortage, we need exact change or a, or a credit card." A lot of people think it's a play to go. Well, this is this is a political move to get us off of a. Uh, paper currency cash mm-hmm. currency to get us all digital I don't know what's your thought on that um, that's, that's
1: inter- a total different divergence but I just no that is to... interesting because you know what's funny is the first time I ever thought about any and again here's the inevitable point in the two opinionated guys podcast where we put on our tinfoil hats right mm-hmm. happens every time naturally um, I was listening to Joe Rogan interview Post Malone uh, probably two weeks ago and, and let's be does clear, Post Malone make you want to get a tattoo no Okay. Post Malone is a weirdly talented guy that looks like a complete goober. Like I would I, I can't use goober, I would use homeless, but I, yeah. He, well yeah, he looks that way too. He kinda yeah. looks like both at once. But he said something about how and they were just doing conspiracy theory stuff and they were obviously off the rails and they're probably high as crap. But they mentioned something I guess we don't do here. No, we don't. No. We're totally sober when we do this. Uh, we're we're just naturally uh, into conspiracy theories. But one thing that he said is, what if the government were to just shut off the monetary system and it's like, any electronic currency didn't work? And I mean like, because you you put money into a bank, but you don't really see the money anymore, right? Mm -hmm. You just use a card. You just have an account, a number on a digital screen. What if all that got wiped out? What if it all just got wiped out one day and nobody had anything that they originally had? You'd be left with whatever cash you had on hand. And I thought, yeah, that is an interesting conspiracy because that could happen. I mean, technically, you don't have money. Do you keep cash on hand? Not really. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, a very small amount, like maybe a hundred dollars at a time. Wow. Yeah, but 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 even at that, I mean, if if the electronic, the digital side of went down, the cash wouldn't be worth much anyways. But I thought, yeah, that is interesting. Gold will always be worth something, right? It will, and silver. Yeah. So and it I makes think. you go, oh, should I carry some gold or silver? At home? I definitely think you should. Yeah, We sound like real Republicans right oh, now. Oh, man. Well, it, it
0: made me, it's, it's funny because I know like, um, I, I have a few people who are like, oh my gosh, this is a, a government ploy to get us off of a cash currency and to find an excuse to get us onto all digital. And I'm like, ah, do I bite off on that? I don't know. I mean, it still says, you know, I mean, technically every place should accept cash. And if you're mm-hmm. unwilling to give me the exact change, fine, keep my extra 30 cents or whatever it is, but you should still accept my cash, Right. I do think it's a little weird when some places – I was just at the zoo, and I took a picture of this and put it on my story when it, it said, hey, due to COVID-19 and the spread of disease, we are not accepting cash at this time. Yet the tip jar was in cash. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, COVID only spreads when you're paying for the food, but if you're tipping, it, it doesn't spread.
1: Oh, dude, the hypocrisy runs deep. Just like – did you hear the – was it the VMAs or some award show where they like made all exceptions for celebrities flying into New York? They're like – Uh, You don't have to worry about the quarantine because you're celebrities. Oh, garbage. That's a bunch of gobbledygook. So I think that's a big part of it, too, is there's a lot of inconsistency. And I think that's what kind of leads you down that road if you go, it could be a conspiracy, right? Are you for an uh, all-digital currency? No. Because I think money has has some very intrinsic qualities. And I think that if you went to an all-digital currency that it would lose its... Natural monetary qualities.
0: What, what kicks us off to that? Is it another country doing it? Is it this country doing it? Doing what?
1: Going to all digital? Yeah, I mean, because there's a country that's going to do it, right? I think so, but I think there's a lot of monetary policies in different countries that over time have failed atrociously. And I think that, I think where we went wrong, and again, I'm going to sound like a real Republican here, is um, our money is completely floating right now. So if you go back to, I think it's in the 20s or the 30s, there's an act that basically de off gold took us off gold altogether, and I think that was kind of the beginning of the end. We just don't know it yet because we're only you know, 80, 90 years into it. But I think given enough time, it's going to do some real damage to the American economy. And I think part of that, going to an all-digital currency would be an advanced step in that. Like you're really floating then. There's nothing tying your money to any value. What the heck is Bitcoin? I mean that's just a –
0: what, I mean, that's just an invented currency. Can't yeah. we do that? Can't I, I, We can't because I don't know how to make the algorithms. But I mean, somebody just like literally invented a currency yeah. in a computer
1: program and said, ah, this is currency now. Yeah. Yeah, that's ex- exactly what it was. And then it was wildly speculated on. And so it drew, dri- drove the price way up. And so then the people who didn't understand like currency at all were like, see, it's going up in value. This is just going to be the wave of the future. When in reality, it also carries none of the qualities of actual money and actual currency. Who manages Bitcoin? Nobody. It's a, it's basically like there's um, codes created that can allow you to mine more Bitcoin so you can only get so much. And there's they say there's an actual amount of Bitcoin that's all you can get. And they say that's what holds its value to the ground is that there's only so much of this that you can like, but, mine. But somebody
0: invented it. Yeah. It's not like somebody went out and planted a seed of gold, and then it grew, and then they're Digitally, like... Digitally, well, we can... that's kind of what they're saying.
1: That doesn't... I mean, can't somebody hack that? I don't know, dude. That's where I lose touch with it, and I go, it's crazy. But, I mean, they all the arguments for Bitcoin say that it is like currency in that it has... They, they say it has an intrinsic value, so, like, technically the dollar has an intrinsic value. It doesn't really have an intrinsic value because mm, it's not tied in. anything. smells different. Right. Regular pieces it feels paper. different it's got mm-hmm. trace amounts of Coke. you can wash it... it and it doesn't go away right it's got the drugs on it that's got to give it mm-hmm. value yeah people cool write enough. things on it one-off artwork mm-hmm. but they say that Bitcoin is' in, has an intrinsic value because it's limited it's scarce there's only so much of it you can mine but beyond that I don't know much do you about. have some Bitcoin no I oh. believe me somebody in particular tried to sell me something I remember that
0: and, and you don't have um, much cash at home no so you're very trusting in our banks.
1: Well, it's federally backed, which means so what to you? It means that I can <laughs> have up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars in there. No,
0: that's not true. That's a business can have two hundred fifty. You, you as a personal, uh, a
1: regular person patron, are a uh, hundred thousand dollars. Okay, hundred thousand dollars. Pretty sure I'm not edging near that, so I'm not worried <laughs> about it. Um, but I trust it insofar as I trust the American government is not going to completely collapse on us, which I'm nearing close to getting to that point. So I'm, I'm beginning to think a little bit more about gold and things like that, which is one of the reasons I'm meeting with a financial planner, to find other ways to I'm super money. curious if your financial planner
0: says, yes, you should own a couple nuggets of gold. If he's smart, he would. Well, let's find
1: out if he's smart. But if you know what? If he says not to, then are you going to just bail on him? I'm going to disregard that portion and I'll just keep my own gold stash later on. Okay. But you know, there's other things you can invest in.
0: It's interesting because there's so many people that have a distrust in our banks, and even just being an employer, when you know we do direct deposit, and it's like the easiest way to get paid, right? It's the quickest, easiest way, and just say, "Hey, sign up for a direct deposit." And every once in a while, I get this one-off person that goes, "I don't have a bank account," mm-hmm. and you go, uh, "Okay, well, I guess we'll how you just live? give yeah. you, how you live. I guess we we'll give you a check. I mean, I don't know how you." Pay for anything, um, and what about those places? Right now, they're really screwed. Right, they can never get a Dutch Bros, that's for sure, with mm-hmm. just cash. But Appreciate there's a lot. I mean, I don't, and it may be a small population, but that's a big population out there. If you're trying to convert them over to an all digital currency, I don't. Can the government just say that's that's where we're at, and then you have to get on board with it? Or and there's
1: people that love living off the grid, and to live off the grid, you have to have non digital currency, right? Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think that there's a lot of people who, I think a lot of it is spillover from the Depression, where people became, you know, Depression-era people who are becoming fewer and fewer. I don't even know if anybody's alive who lived in the Depression anymore, really. I mean, that was the 30s. 30s, so it's getting getting to the last of them, I'm
0: sure. I mean, 90 years old. My wife's grandpa was 102 when he died.
1: 1917. Well, so they were before the FDIC. Um, that was one of the policies of the that. Depression was to insure your money because that runs on the bank used to be a big thing and if people got panicked, they would all take their money out and the bank would go bankrupt immediately and so they would lose all their faith in the bank so that's where FDIC came in. But uh, I think there's a trickle-down effect generationally that there's still a lot of fear of banks and fear of institutions and so people do keep more cash and things with, that they think has intrinsic value. I do think it's weaning its way out though because like right now, like you said, I don't even keep cash. I actually don't like having cash because I feel like cash depreciates like really quickly. Um, well,
0: cash disappears in general. I mean, if you have cash on you, you you end up spending it. Yeah, it's harder to keep track of. Not not if you're a diligent person in keeping a logbook, but just in general, as sure, uh, just human nature. We tend to just spend cash easier to spend. Too. Yeah, and yeah. but I think there is something when you say intrinsic, you go. You know, if you give a kid $10 in $1 bills, and as he sees those $1 bills disappearing, there's something more meaningful about that than just like, well, swipe that card. I mean, I've yeah. had my kids say, I, I, hey, can we buy that? And I go, I don't have the money. And they go, well, just go to the store and get more money. Yeah. Because that's what they see happen. Right. You know, so that they don't have a good understanding of it. And then when you get into the education system and teaching our kids how to be responsible for money, that's a whole different ballgame. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, going back to it, you get you get to see younger people now and how they behave with money and how they act like you said you have a good work ethic and you have more pride in yourself and like you wouldn't accept unemployment for a long time for if somebody offered you a job, you take it back. I think generally, generationally that's already been lost a little bit, and that's been proven to me through this because there's a lot of people that I offer jobs, you know, which is like teaching them to fish, let's say. They're like, Nah, I'm getting free unemployment, who cares?
0: Yeah, I mean you go back to that. Stimulus check, the original question, is it good or bad? If you were to get that stimulus check, which you did actually get, would you spend that? Because it's a stimulus, so it's meant to stimulate the economy. Mm-hmm. Would you spend that or just throw it in the savings?
1: Oh, I would either pay a debt off or throw it in a savings. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, you're not using it right then. Right. No, I know.
0: That's the other... What, what if the... So here might be a better way to uh, disseminate the stimulus checks if I was Trump right now and I was trying to stimulate the economy or... You know, whatever the House and 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 um, Senate, and they were trying to come up with this bill. Maybe it's a, a true stimulus where it's only good for retail business.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's a good point because then you would limit. You would really focus in on what in the GDP that they spend it on because savings is part of GDP, and you don't want people spending on savings, right? Because you're trying to stimulate the economy. That's true. But was it really? I mean, they called it a stimulus check. Sure. But wasn't also a little bit of protection because so many people were losing their jobs or like use it for whatever you well, want. Well, what the
0: frick is the unemployment extra bonus bucks for? I, I
1: again I don't I don't know, but I think their assumption in broad brushstrokes, and again, this is one of the reasons that people make the argument that state and local governments ought to have more control and the federal government ought to not be doing so much because you have to do a one-size-fits-all. You can't say Oregon gets this package and Wyoming gets that package and Texas gets that. It has to be one-size-fits-all. And unfortunately, I'm sure that there's enough localities that $12 an hour, $13 an hour is the minimum wage that it washes out the people who do make 6 bucks an hour and those guys get the leg up of having three times their income from the stimulus check. I don't think there's much you can do about that because with federal government, it is very Well, certain states partici-
0: chose to participate in the program and some didn't. So I don't think every state chose to participate in the program. Probably not that
1: many didn't though, right? I, I think mm. I heard of a handful of like the real red states that were like, no, we're good and... Yeah, I mean, the ones that wanted to protect their
0: employers because, again, you had conflicting PPP money versus unemployment money. And I get it. If you're one of those people that got laid off and it sucks and it's a tough, tumultuous time, then you want to try to... I mean, yeah, you're thankful for the money to make it through. I think with any welfare program, there's got to be some good oversight. And I don't love overregulation. That's not something I'm really into when it comes to government affairs, but... When you talk about welfare, I think there does need to be a lot of oversight into it. When you're talking about food stamps or whatever you call it, when you're talking about um, anything that is government-assisted um, for you, there should be some good oversight because there are some people that take advantage of the system. And I know there's that old rule, that old adage that like Nordstrom has, right? They'll take anything back. I think Costco has this too. Nordstrom takes anything back and they have that old story where this lady tried to return tires to Nordstrom and they're like... Uh, You can't return tires. We never bought them here. And they're like, no, I did. And anyway, they ended up taking them and giving the lady money because that's just their, like they said, well, a very small percentage take advantage of the system. Mm -hmm. And they're probably right for the Nordstrom people. There Mm -hmm. is probably a really small percentage. Unfortunately, Nordstrom is a higher end store. So you get higher end people that realize they don't want to take advantage of the system. But when you talk about the whole United States, I think that percentage goes way up. Mm -hmm. And I think we lose a lot of money.
1: Yeah, the question, and I think that this is what I ultimately always come back to, is like economists have been battling for years on how, I mean, public finance is literally an entire genre of economics that's hotly debated all the time. Currently, there's no perfect answer. And that's the problem is that there may not be a good one-size-fits-all approach to how you fix an economy. I will say this, though, that one of the things that I think, and people can correct me uh, if I'm wrong, but one of the things that makes this a really unprecedented sort of economic phenomenon is that the government was the ones who intentionally shut down the economy so it wasn't like an asset bubble or something create our monetary you know fiscal issue or um, inflation running out of control or deflation it was literally like the government said close your business down yeah and, and I, so that adds an element where i go oh man that adds a complexity to this right
0: it does but then it goes to a little bit more to what you said earlier like Should it be up to the states then on what they would have allowed to give as a stimulus? Should it have been a blanketed statement or should the government have said, you know what, here's what we're willing to do, and like the unemployment thing, you take it if you want to, and the stimulus is for you guys to disseminate and for you guys to figure out. The problem is, I wonder, and and a lot's going to change with this election, I wonder how much these states will be divided and how much you'll go... we're leaving so much more up to local government which is i think what some of us want to do what donald trump wants to do i think actually most of the part most bipartisan people want to do is leave it up to the states will you see a division in the united states with people going you know what i don't like the way oregon chose to deal with that so i'm going to move to idaho because they didn't shut down for the pandemic and they didn't take the stimulus check and they're more they're more pro you know working uh, people, I didn't say that absolutely correctly, and I'm not sure all that's true. I'm just saying, would you see states start to separate, and people moving and migrating to different places based off of how those rules are, and you see a, a more segregated United States than we've seen?
1: Well, it's interesting because I feel like there, well, yeah, there's a, lot of to unpack there, but I mm-hmm. think one of the might right, even be a whole other episode, right? It might be depending on time. I think one of the things that I can sort of lump all of that together in is. Through this, are you seeing people actually make changes because this is an unprecedented thing? People were obviously very pissed off that their businesses got shut down. I mean, there was a lady in Salem who had a salon and she was literally like, I don't care. I'm coming to work and what's going to happen? And they fined her like 13000 bucks a day or something crazy. I mean, she really got hammered by the government in Oregon for choosing yeah. to stay open and be like a patriot. But... We mentioned on a previous podcast that I, anyway, and you said specifically with churches, were disappointed that the economy behaved like a bunch of sheep. And we were just like, fine, we'll just keep doing whatever you tell us to do. We'll wear the mask. We won't go to work. We'll stay quarantined. um, We'll social distance. Despite a lot of evidence coming out that, A, coronavirus wasn't as bad as they made it out to be and wasn't spreading the way they said, it wasn't as dangerous as they said, we continued to behave to some degree like sheep. And, hey, I was right there with them, so I'm not knocking it. But my point is is that to your question, will you see division in America? And I would like to think people would vote with their feet, right? And go, Yep, didn't like the way Oregon did this. Vote with their feet. Yeah. Vote with your feet. Meaning if you don't like don't it. Don't say yeah, like that's a common thing. It is, man. Is it? You know what? Comment if you've heard this before. I would love You can to vote hear with that. your dollars, you can vote with your feet. You can move, right? So I that's vote my... with your feet. Yeah, move.
0: But I get I it now,
1: yeah. So so that's the thing is I would like to think that would happen and I would like to see <clears throat> to some degree a mass exodus of Portland where people are like, all right, I'm out and then Portland's left. Yeah, you'd like to see that simultaneously not see that because it would totally
0: affect our business,
1: but yeah. Right. Well, that's true too. But that's the thing is are people really ready to make the changes or is this just like, okay, this sucked but we're going to just hunker down and Well, the pain, pain of change way. only happens when the pain of staying the same gets – the pain of change only happens when the pain of staying the same
0: is lessened, Right. So, that that's like, definitely like everyone true.
1: knows that saying.
0: Well, I mean, when the pain of staying the same is not as bad as the pain of change, then you're not going to change, right? But once the pain of staying the same gets worse, and you're like, "Yeah," then I'm going to change. So and, let me ask. That's definitely happening in Portland and in Seattle,
1: it's, where you're it's seeing you're getting like, there. But don't you feel like if. Okay, let's fast forward to November. The election's over. Whatever happens, happens. People are going to take their lumps and they're going to move on, right? I mean, it inevitably happened in 2016. Everyone was pissed off. They rioted. They got mad. So but they then, were going to move to Canada, but, but didn't then move. nothing happened, right? right? We were the same old status quo. Yep. So don't you kind of feel like people are probably going to take this and do the same thing and go, darn, that really sucked. And, oh, Kate Brown pissed me off in Oregon. You handled this all wrong. Ah, uh, Well, anyway, back to the business. I think of it's, it's,
0: it's kind of different, though. Because there are places in downtown Portland that have no other option. It's eighty-four days in a row of riots. They can't have a business open, so they don't have another option than to go. It's either, it's either go bankrupt or go move somewhere else, and or, or it's go bankrupt and move somewhere else. Like I mean, what? Why would you want to stay here if Oregon caused your business to shut down? Yeah, that's true. I I, I hope that is true. Because... And I don't, have you been to downtown Portland? I drove downtown Portland as a field trip with my wife and some friends the other day. I was like, we're going to see downtown Portland. And there are a good, I don't know, five, six city blocks of boarded up windows and businesses that just can't exist. And even if you wanted to fight the government on this and say, you know what? COVID was cool. We flattened the curve. We're over it now. Let's open back up. Be safe with masks and yada, yada, yada. They can't even open back up because there's there's just mayhem going on down there. Mm-mm. And then if, God forbid, they're a bar or a, a restaurant that's, that pri- uh, primarily services at night because there's nobody that's going to patron them when they're having, you know, flashbangs and... Well, you asked if I'd been in there, them. and I'm telling you, I haven't mostly because I
1: just don't feel like it's safe. It's I mean, safe during the day. I mean, what are you, scared? I mean, you took there your, are a bunch of liberals. You took your kids there, so...
0: I, I, also, I also took my kids it's to a you know, field uh, trip, uh, the protest the other day. You know, I, I'm a little adventurous with my kids. I guess. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, that's interesting. I, I think this entire thing started because we're asking if the stimulus check number two is a good idea. And what well, it happened, stimulus check number two I, I wouldn't agree with. I think stimulus
0: check number one I'm not entirely opposed to. I just am opposed to how how much was packaged
1: with it. Mm. So you're saying you would like to hand select a la carte – What what things you want. And you like the stimulus check. I I
0: think the stimulus check was okay. I liked the PPP. I don't like the $600
1: unemployment. So if you could do it over again, or number two, and you were in charge. I was the president. You would just do that. Do you think it's necessary right now? What's necessary? Another
0: stimulus. No. Well, I... I think now is going to be harder than it was before. I think we haven't seen a hard time. And part of my issue with going, ah, stimulus tech check was probably a good thing if we're just if this is just a little blip and then we're going to get right back to normal, right? But looking back on it, you go, eh, I don't think that was probably a good idea because we're not going to get right back to normal. So I would have preferred the stimulus check wait until right now. So I don't agree with the second one. I agree with the first one maybe being delayed because the problem oh. is we, ha- we have such a, a – um, entitled peoples, mm-hmm. entitled uh, you know population, where they haven't really faced some hard times. You know, you talk about is anybody even alive during you know that faced the Great Depression? No, they're not. Or most of them probably aren't, or maybe there's a select few. There's not a lot of people who face some hard times, mm-hmm. and so they're going, oh well, I just got bailed out by the government, and to your little tin foil hat, whatever you know. This is just a draw more towards socialism, which it, it could be, but you go, I, I think it's healthy for our kids to face hard times. It's good for our kids to face failures. It's good for our kids to face losses. It's good for some people to face hard times. Well, and I, I don't I, like that. I don't want to face hard times. No, time, I don't
1: disagree because I, I think that part of getting meaning out of life is through having burdens and struggles. I think that you know we we live in a culture where it's Instagram, it's Facebook, it's TikTok, it's you know Snapchat, TikTok. and it's... Everything is through a filter, right? And everything is aggrandized. It's it's made to look better. And everybody's goal is to look like their life is like perfect and on point. And I don't even know why people strive for that because that's not really what life is about. And I think, unfortunately, yeah, I don't wish ill on anybody, but I don't think you know. And again, the depression was pretty dang bad. I'm not saying I want to go. It was there, called the Great Depression. So yeah, it was it was yeah. great. Yeah. Well, hey man, we've been I've been through a great recession. So that's pretty yeah. bad. So I, I do think you're right, though, that I think that it isn't necessarily... i cavalier
0: with the great term when it came to the recession. It's just a recession. Hey,
1: I, you know what? It felt great to me. That recession was great. Was way. it great? But I... It I, new meaning to the word great. <laughs> I, I think that... The, it's great depression. I think that normally, you know, specifically like people talk about the too big to fail rule and... You know, in businesses, and I think we saw in 08, like some of the bigger automakers got bailed out, some of the big banks got ma- bailed out, and obviously people were really pissed off because to some degree you should suffer for making bad market choices. Yeah. And, and I think we got to see some bad government policy that bailed out some people who just really made bad market business decisions and probably should have suffered the consequences. And unfortunately, because of uh, Obama and – who's the chair guy? Ben Bernanke. They, decided to not have got that. Ba- they basically decided to bail out a bunch of um, banks and corporations and to suppress interest rates. And that was kind of this bailout. And I think, unfortunately, people didn't get a feel the burn of what they really did in the economy. But, then the but with this, is this time around, and this is always the layer that compl- is complex to me, it wasn't a bad market that caused where we're at. It wasn't mm-hmm. bad business decisions. It was government that caused us to be where we're at. And government still continuing
0: yeah. to cause us to be where And so we're at.
1: that adds a layer of complexity where I go, I don't know if I'm opposed to a stimulus check because if your government comes in like a fascist and says, close your business down today or you're breaking the law and you have to and therefore you lay off all of your employees. But isn't that the start of socialism? Oh, dude, oh, there's so much about this that's a startup. So thank you, Marshall, for finally coming around 10 weeks <laughs> later to my overarching idea that this is all... But, a- I mean, you're not opposed to it, so are you open to the idea of socialism? Is that what I'm hearing? Well, I don't think the stimulus check is the start of it. I think, the stimu- I think the government shutting down, having the authoritarian power to go, all of you close your businesses down. I think that's an overreach that goes beyond the pale. I think that if you went back 100 years... That would have never, people would have rioted in the streets and overthrown government. And I think now we're just like, eh, okay. Yeah, we're a
0: little bit too accepting of things right totally. now. Totally. We are not, we are not a convicted nation. And I talked about this before. We're and just, you also mentioned churches, which I agree with. I think churches should be the pillars. We should be. And we're just, we're not convicted. We go, ah, well, I mean, it's only mass. Well, right. it's only shutting down for a month. Well, it's only shutting down for two months. Oh, it's only, and it's only, it's only. it's only. It's only. Yep. And we just take it and we go, well, we're not sheep because that's offensive. Right? As Americans, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We but are we, that. But we kind of are. I mean, we're oh, yeah. kind of just going, well, the gov- let's see what the government says. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have people out there going, well, you're not a scientist. Okay, well, I mean, in the history of science, scientists have disagreed. Right? Totally.
1: So. And in the history of science, there's very few things that are like, right, they just haven't been proven wrong yet. Mm-hmm. Right? Theories, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I go, yeah, all of that went out the window. Like, if you take a snapshot of 2020, it's like. People are defying actual science, right? Because if you're a conservative scientist making a conservative point of view, you're you're an idiot, right? You're a fool for saying COVID's not as serious. Like we had some guests on last week, and they're probably gonna get ridiculed for writing a book basically saying COVID is to some degree a big hoax. I personally believe to some degree that it is, but our opinion, even if it's backed with science, it's not the right science. Science is a liar sometimes. So science is a liar sometimes. And there's a lot of there's a lot of norms. And like for instance, protesting, like How is it that an entire economy seems to be either reluctantly accepting or willingly and joyfully accepting the fact that BLM gets to protest en masse, without masks, or any penalization... But you can't. Other people can't be in a, a local business without a mask on without breaking the law.
0: It's conviction, man. I'm telling you, some of those people are just like, "Oh, I don't like it, but I'm going to comply." Right. And so they just comply rather than going because they don't want to risk anything. And conviction sometimes takes risk. And when you risk your business, you risk your livelihood, you risk your job, you risk your, uh, you know, your your money, your income, or or just even ridicule you're, you're risking that and people just don't want to Comfort. so they can yeah they really back down really quickly yeah and you go you know what it's okay it's okay to be made fun of it's okay a little bit to uh, be put on blast it's okay a little bit if i do have a little bit of a sacrifice yeah i don't want my business to shut down i definitely don't want that to happen but if
1: i truly believe in what i believe in is really true then i should really make some actions towards it Well, and I think part of it, too, and this is, again, one of the functions of capitalism that, unfortunately, is a sort of self-defeating component of it, is as each generation gets richer, because capitalism is amazing, I'm going to say it on record, it's amazing, and it creates wealth, and it pulls people up out of poverty on a routine basis, and there's never been more... um, socioeconomic movement between generations. So for instance, you you could be born into a poor family and you could die rich. That is almost a unique quality to America. Right. Yeah. And capitalism. So that alone tells me everything. The royals, I need to you know. were born into royalty or you weren't you were a peasant right? or you your royalty. And, and there was you, nothing you, you could do about it. Right. You just were what you were and there was no getting around it. And I, I think that, you know, what happens is we've had generation after generation of people who are better off each generation and so they get more comfortable, and they get more relaxed, and they get more complacent. And then when things like this happen, they either don't recognize how much freedom is getting taken from them, or they're just unwilling to risk it. Like I think Unwilling to, to risk it. I think, I think to some reason. degree you and I are in that boat where it's like we aren't out there doing everything we could do for our side of the cause because we don't really want to risk it all. But if you went back 100 years, 150 years, 200 years – People were just coming up out of like routine poverty. I'm talking like pilgrims coming over and setting up 13 colonies from, you know, carving it out of the bare landscape and fighting with, you know, natives and fe- famine and disease. And they were probably a little more willing in those generations to be like, I'll gamble down and fight the British because they knew what it was like to live on hard times and they worked for what they had. And I think unfortunately we just live in generations where. We, this is just all we know. What's it going to take? Yeah, what, I question what is it going to take.
0: I think it's going to take some hard times. And I, that's why I, – I, so fundamentally, I go, I have to disagree with this, even though I would love to have a stimulus check to go out and buy ourselves some new patio furniture or something. But I have to disagree with it because I go, we need to have some conviction. And the only way we're going to have some conviction is if we're forced upon some hard times. And when we're forced upon, upon some hard times, we're forced upon some hard decisions. When we have those hard decisions
1: we're faced with. What our real convictions are? Yeah. Well, I would love to see a. Dec- I would love to see people denying their stimulus, just as being patriots and saying, "Sorry, I'm just going to deal with whatever comes my way." And if I got to tighten it up, I got to tighten it up, and I'll just make it work. But I would also like to see those people vote the people out of office who put them in there to begin with. But I just know that's not going to happen, and no. so unfortunately, I feel like it's going to continue.
0: So to sum this up wrap this up you agree with the stimulus or not
1: um parts of it yes but similar to you I don't think I, I think the unemployment was a huge gaffe
0: yeah I think I'm gonna have to fundamentally I'm gonna work through some different <laughs> emotions throughout this and I go yeah it's a good thing it's yeah, a bad thing I'm gonna fundamentally go it was it's not a good idea because I think it weakens us as a, as uh, Americans
1: yep and inflation's coming
0: I'll end it with that all right. If you have any comments, feel free to send us an email: at Marshall at Marshall at Two Opinionated or Aaron at Two Opinionated Guys Two Opinionated Twenty episodes 20 later. Twenty episodes later.
1: Just got it.